An illegal alien just followed a U.S. senator, Democrat Kirsten Sinema, into a public bathroom to harass her about an upcoming vote and to demand amnesty and a pathway to citizenship. Elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. We need 7 million citizenship for 7 million. We need the Bell Black Better Plan right now. My name is Blanca. I was brought here to the United States when I was three years old. And in 2010, my grandparents both got deported because of SB 1070. And I'm here because I definitely believe that we need a pathway to citizenship. My grandfather passed away two weeks ago, and I was not able to go to Mexico and visit him because there is no pathway to citizenship. And if we have the opportunity to pass it right now, then we need to do it because there's millions of undocumented people just like me who share the same story or even worse things that happen to them because of SB 1070 and because of anti-immigrant legislation. In a serious country, this woman would be deported before she could say hola muchacho. But because we are not a serious country at the moment, she won't be. In fact, she's being applauded by a lot of the American left. She is not worried at all. She is so unconcerned about being held to account for this serious crime that she is currently committing, that she is flaunting it right in front of one of the nation's supposedly most powerful lawmakers. And it isn't just illegal aliens. It's the media. It's the entrenched interests. It's the exalted duck de Fauci flaunting their expanding and illegitimate power and laughing because there's nothing you can do about it. I'm Michael Knowles. It's The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment Friday is from Old Schooled. Man, Old Schooled gets the top comment like two out of every five days. That is very impressive. Uh, He writes, quote, for the first time in history, the ineffectiveness of a medical treatment is being blamed on people who haven't even taken it. (laughs) It's true. Basically, every single problem is being blamed on just about one group of people and uh, uh, all of the other people are getting away with whatever they want to get away with. It's enough to keep you up at night. Though when I want to sleep easy at night, you know what I do? I put my head on my pillow. You know how much I love my pillow. One, because it's a patriotic company. We all like that. But two, even if they were run by Chinese communists, I'd still buy from them. That is because their, their product is just so good. It's the best one out there. Well, my pillow wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all the my pillow products. If you go to mypillow.com right now, click on the radio listeners specials, get deep discounts on my pillow mattress toppers, towels, so much more. For example, MyPillow is offering a buy one, get one free offer on the Giza sheets. They are top quality sheets. You are going to love them. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. It could be a 50-year warranty. You're not going to want to return them. They're they're that good. You're not going to want to send them back. You might want to buy multiple sets like I have done. Uh, They're just a top quality product. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials for the buy one, get one free offer on the Giza sheets. Use promo code DAILYWIRE at checkout or call 800-651-1148. You'll also get deep discounts on all those other MyPillow products. The pillow, the towel sets, the slippers, the mattress topper. That's MyPillow.com. Enter DAILYWIRE or call 800-651-1148. Tell them DAILYWIRE sent you. 800-651-1148. The deals won't last forever, so call now. This woman this illegal alien lady 
who doesn't sound like a three-year-old. I don't know about you. She says, I was brought here when I was three and she's still got quite a bit of an accent. So she hasn't learned a ton of English. Perhaps maybe she's learned the English, but she hasn't assimilated quite so much during all that time since she's been three years old. She is now complaining that she's not allowed to come and go as she pl- She's in this country illegally. She's not allowed to come and go as she pleases because if she leaves, people might realize at the border that she's a foreign national and has no right to be in this country. And so they might not let her back in, but she wants to stay in. So she doesn't get to go on vacation. She doesn't get to leave the country. She doesn't get to go see her family outside of the country, right? Your family's outside of the country because that's where, that's where you guys are citizens. And then some people broke the law and came here illegally. And now you're complaining about this. Further, further, do you hear what she says at the beginning? She and her friends say, we put you in office. We got you elected and we're going to get you kicked out of office. Admitting that illegal aliens are uh, affecting our elections. She's saying, I'm an illegal alien. I put you into office. Why is that? In part, it's because some illegal aliens are voting. We know that for sure. We know that they're affecting the election in other ways. They're going door to door. They're canvassing. They're interfering in the election process. I don't want to hear a word about how someone's colluding with the Russians, which isn't even happening, or Ukrainian interference or Russian interference or whatever, when we have millions and millions and millions of foreign nationals influencing our elections right here in the United States. What happened to our democracy? Isn't the bedrock principle of our democracy that the citizens get to conduct their own elections? No, not not in this country. In this country, this woman is so feels so easy that she's going to go walk up to a top lawmaker in the United States and say, ha ha, I'm breaking the law. Ha ha ha. Hey, make it easier to break the law. It it shows you also how they've shifted the Overton window here on the left. Initially, what people would call for in this case is deport, deport her and deport all of the other people who are breaking the law by being in this country. Then the argument moved to, look, let them stay. Don't deport all of them. Deport the really bad ones, but let the other ones stay and they'll keep their heads down and it's fine. And because we acknowledge birthright citizenship in this country, and and we are fairly confident in that for the past at least recent decades, then uh, that's fine. Now we've moved it all the way over to give them amnesty or they'll harass senators in the bathroom. Does it seem like the right thing to do? Compassionate, just? I don't think so. It's not just the illegal aliens. I mean, this woman should be deported, you know, by the end of this program, but it's not just the illegal aliens. And it's not just the people encouraging illegal immigration. It's the whole liberal apparatus. This kind of hubris you're seeing probably most clearly with Dr. Fauci. Okay, Dr. Fauci has gotten everything wrong. What he hasn't gotten wrong, he's just lied about. And Dr. Fauci went on Hugh Hewitt's radio program. So Hugh Hewitt, a conservative, but he is still sort of center-right conservative lawyer and radio host, gets Fauci to come on this show. And Hugh Hewitt, you got to give him credit. He reads him the riot act. The controversy over the the use or non-use of ivermectin, and there was no study yet completed. Dr. Collins told me it's not done yet. The the, no discussion of of natural immunity, which exists and ought to be out there. The discussion of herd immunity, which is switched back and forth. The mask discussion at the beginning, don't wear masks, the noble lie, and then wear masks. Now, equity issues in the FDA panel scientific discussion. I've lost confidence in the CDC and the FDA. And I actually believe a lot of Americans, a significant part of America, now have lost confidence in you, Dr. Fauci. Is there a point where you will say, 
I do more harm than good because people don't listen to me anymore and step aside. No, absolutely unequivocally no. No, no, you sheep. I mean, he's going down the list. I actually truncated the, the Hugh Hewitt clip. He goes on and on about all of the flubs that Fauci has made. And Fauci just goes, nope, there is nothing that you can accuse me of doing that would get me to step down. They, they asked Joe Biden this some months ago. Is there any, is there anything that Dr. Fauci could do that would lead to your firing him? And he says, no, no, there's not. He's the most powerful politician in Washington. He's the top paid employee of the federal government, Dr. Fauci. And that's that. He is in power. He can lie to you. He can mislead you. He can deceive you. He can just plain get stuff wrong. He will not give up his power. And what are you going to do about it? There's nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. Pro- Joe Biden doesn't want to fire him, but frankly, he probably couldn't even if he did want to fire him. That is how entrenched this guy is. And Fauci is using that power. It's not like he just has the power and he's just going to sit on it. Kind of like Republicans, when Republicans get elected to office, they say, okay, we've got all this power now and we're not going to use it. Fauci is using it. He used it to lock us all down, to shutter a bunch of businesses, to shutter a bunch of churches, and to cancel holidays. You'll remember last year he said, don't go to Thanksgiving, don't go to Christmas, don't go to this, don't go to that. Well, now we are, what, a year, well over a year and a half later, and Dr. Fauci has asked again, this is pulling into the back part of 2021, the anchor says, Dr. Fauci, please, can we, please, Dr. Fauci, can we just have Christmas this year? Here's Dr. Fauci's answer. We can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've just okay. got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. It's just too soon to tell if you can have Christmas. <laughs> like the Grinch. He is the Grinch. He is. Now, obviously, I haven't paid attention to what this guy, I mean, I've paid attention in that I cover it on the show, but I haven't listened to this guy's advice at all, period, not once from the very beginning of the epidemic. And I feel much better for it. And I think my life is greatly improved compared to those of my friends because I have tuned out Dr. Fauci. I will probably be dinged for spreading misinformation or something or something like that because I say, don't listen to Dr. Fauci. But I want to be very clear here. I am not saying don't listen to Dr. Fauci because he doesn't know about the science. I think his record on the science speaks for itself and it's not particularly flattering. But I'm making a political point here. This twerp has no credibility. I don't think he has all that much legitimate authority. And it is beyond his job description to cancel Christmas. He doesn't have that right. And if you go along with that, if you are are allowing some twerp bureaucrat to cancel one of the most important feast days of the year for for your family, for your culture, and for your God, then your priorities are way out of order. You should just tune this guy out in general, as far as I'm concerned, but specifically when it comes to Christmas. I guarantee you, Dr. Fauci will not be coming out and saying, hey, BLM rioters, the next time that there's some probably hoax, but even if it's a legitimate event that causes some at least performance of grievance, I guarantee you 
Dr. Fauci will not be coming out and saying, no BLM rallies, stay home. No, he won't say that at all. The public health establishment didn't say that in 2020. The liturgy of the looting is permitted to occur. The BLM riots are permitted to occur, just not Christmas. And that's not hypocrisy. It's, it is a double standard. It's a hierarchy. It's the culture being led by these freaks telling you, the Dr. Fauci's of the world saying it's very important to go loot the Nike store. That, that we have to permit, but celebrating Christmas with your family, no, no can do. Sorry, follow the science. If you want to protect life, not just your life, not just our way of life, but the, the many, many babies per year who are killed senselessly, needlessly through abortion, I recommend you check out 40 Days for Life. The abortion topic seems to be on everybody's mind these days because we've got major Supreme Court cases on the move. The big women's march, quote unquote, was just a pro-abortion march. Great new pro-life laws in Texas and Florida uh, working their way through the legislature. If you are struggling on what to say or how to say it when abortion is the topic of conversation, you need to check out a new book, What to Say When, the complete new guide to discussing abortion. Since its release, it has already been a number one Amazon new release and number two Amazon bestseller. It's already on its second printing. The book is from 40 Days for Life. It's the largest grassroots pro-life organization in the world. They've held peaceful vigils outside abortion facilities in 1,000 cities in 64 countries. They've helped convert the hearts of 221 abortion workers. They know their stuff. This is an invaluable tool. It's a timely tool. Get it right now. What to say when the complete new guide to discussing abortion, how to change minds and convert hearts in a brave new world. Go to Amazon or get it directly from 40 Days for Life at 40daysforlife.com. Go get this book. Do not be stumped when this topic comes up. There's another major racial incident. You know, look, it's a racist country. It's an evil racist country. And slavery is the original sin, and it's, we've never gotten over it. There's no redemption in this view of American history and of the world. And so because it's such a terrible, racist, evil country, there's a new, new report out that the Ku Klux Klan is on the loose in Georgia, terrifying a black neighborhood, going mailbox to mailbox, leaving threats to burn down these people's homes and to kill them. And oh, it's a hoax perpetrated by a black woman. Oops. Wow. Because I, I thought, I sure thought, because you know, I, li- I listened to the mainstream media. And so I just assumed that the Ku Klux Klan in 2021 is running roughshod over all of America, terrorizing black people. But it turns out it's just another hoax, just like all of the other ones. A 30-year-old woman, Teresha Lucas, who lives in the Atlanta suburb of Douglasville, has just been caught and charged with eight counts of making terroristic threats after leaving violent, hateful notes in which she claimed to be a white member of the Ku Klux Klan. The letter uses the N-word. It talks about the KKK, about lynching people, killing kids, killing families, and setting a house on fire, according to one concerned father, rightly concerned, who received one of these notes. The notes threatened to burn their houses down and kill them and said that they don't belong in the neighborhood. But it was all fake, and it's a black woman doing this herself. There are two kinds of people who are in the Ku Klux Klan in 2021. Hoax artists like this woman and FBI agents. (laughs) That's the membership. Okay. At the annual Ku Klux Klan conference, the retreat, I don't know where they hold the retreat. I guess they probably hold it in this neighborhood in Georgia. You have a bunch of hoax artists 
who are trying to gin up grievance for their own political ends and a bunch of federal agents. And I think that's it. And maybe there's like one guy, there's like Jimbo who never got the message that the Ku Klux Klan hasn't been a thing in decades. Other than that's it. That's the whole thing. So why? Why is this woman writing all these hateful, vicious things about her own race, about her own neighbors? Why is she doing that? This is a pain, this is a painful thing, isn't it? No, it's not. It's pleasurable. This is pleasurable. This is like the leather and the whips and the chains and, you know, this is a sadomasochistic society. It is pleasurable for people in our perverse culture to be able to claim pain and victimhood. It gives them pleasure and it gives them social currency and it gives them political advantage, which is why people do it. They do it as best. Everyone does it. If you, if you've got some weird sex thing, you claim that as victimhood. If you can in any way claim to be a racial minority, that will give you victimhood. If you can claim to be a a woman, not just if you are a woman, but if you can claim to be a woman, that will give you some kind of uh, social currency. Women are considered to be a minority. They're the only majority of the population that gets to be claimed as a minority. That is what carries in this culture. And it's, it's, a, it's a religious view, right? Because you know what you're going to hear from people when, when you point out, okay, you know, all these hoaxes, I, I chronicle a ton of them in my book, Speechless, just right down the list, specifically on campus, all of these racial hoaxes. Almost every time you see a big high profile case of a noose or a, an N-word or whatever, or a swastika, almost always it's a hoax, Okay. Why? Why? Do, because there's no actual Ku Klux Klan out there. There's no actual skinheads marching through the street. There's n- none of it's real. And yet the, the religious premise here is that racism and white supremacy pervades America. And so when that isn't the case, you just have to make it up. You have to. It's a noble lie. You heard Hugh Hewitt referring to the noble lie of Dr. Fauci. The noble lie of Dr. Fauci, it, you know, in his, in his mind was, I think that the masks will stop the spread of the virus, but I, I don't want people to go buy up all the masks and for there to be a shortage. So I'm going to say that the masks don't work. That was his noble lie at the beginning of the epidemic. Here too, the noble lie is the, the Ku Klux Klan writing all these letters, because even if it's false, it gets to a greater truth. Now it doesn't, it just gets to the kooky, bizarre racial and religious premises of the left. But for the left, white supremacy explains everything. You heard this from Ayanna Presley. She is one of the minor members of the, the squad. You know, the, the John and Paul of the squad are AOC and Ilhan Omar. They're kind of the leading act. And then uh, probably Ayanna Presley, I guess you would say Rashida Tlaib is, is George Harrison. She's a little more out there. And then Ayanna Presley, she's, she's the Ringo, okay? But th- those are the four of them. So Ayanna Presley just comes out and she is attacking pro-life laws and she's very upset that babies are going to survive in Texas. And she says that pro-life laws, I kid you not, pro-life laws are rooted in and an expression of white supremacy. The year 2021 has been the most devastating for abortion rights in American history. In the midst of an ongoing global pandemic that robbed us of more than 690,000 lives and disproportionately impacted our most vulnerable and black and brown communities, anti-abortion legislators in 47 states focused on legislating hurt and harm to push this critical health care out of reach. These misguided bans will not actually prevent all abortions. They simply put safe and necessary abortion care out of reach for our most vulnerable, 
specifically our lowest-income sisters, our queer, trans, and non-binary siblings, black, Latinx, AAPI, immigrants, disabled, and indigenous folks. And none of this is happenstance. It is precise. Like the roots of the anti-abortion movement, these bans are rooted in patriarchy and white supremacy. They perpetuate cycles of poverty and economic inequality and exacerbate many of our starkest health disparities. Enough. So virtually everything she said there is not true, but I want to focus for a second on what she says. The roots of the anti-abortion movement are in patriarchy and, and white supremacy. The opposite is true. The pro-abortion movement is rooted in white supremacy. M- Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, the eugenics movement more broadly, was aimed at reducing the number of black people in America and killing the black babies that are conceived through abortion. And this is not some wacky conspiracy theory. You can read it in her writings. They're finally now at Planned Parenthood starting to take down Margaret Sanger's picture and name from buildings because it's a little politically awkward that you've got this anti-black eugenicist as the face of the organization. But, But that is the effect of it. Black people are killed disproportionately through abortion. In New York City today, it is more dangerous. The most dangerous place in New York City for a black person is in his mother's womb. The majority of black babies conceived in New York are killed through abortion. This, I don't think, the, the, the mythical white supremacist out there who's running rampant in some neighborhood in Georgia, even though he appears to be a 30-year-old black woman, you know, the, the white supremacists would probably be perfectly fine with that, wouldn't they? With, with black babies being killed because then there are fewer black babies and they have less share of the population. And right, it, it would seem to me that the people who don't want to kill all those black babies, they're the ones who have far greater care for black people. But let, let's go even further than that. In Africa, abortion barely exists. In Africa itself, this is according to a, the Guttmacher Institute, which is the, a, a pro-abortion think tank. of women of reproductive age in Africa live in countries with restrictive abortion laws. Okay, even in countries that do allow abortion, it's it's very limited. There are very few women who can actually get it. 10 out of 54 countries in Africa ban abortion outright. All but four countries place very heavy restrictions on it. Abortion is the colonialism. Abortion is the white supremacy. Abortion is the the awful export that we are now trying to force on Africa. How are you going to tell me that pro-life laws are white supremacy when practically the entire continent of Africa itself has pro-life laws? Now, you might tell me, well, that's just a product of colonialism. That's that's embedded white supremacy. Well, who came up with the pro-abortion movement? First, well, abortion, I guess, and eugenics is the kind of natural pagan state of mankind. I mean, it was practiced in ancient Sparta. It's practiced in a lot of pagan civilizations. But do you see how this is unfalsifiable? Any evil that you want to point to in the world can be blamed on white supremacy. Well, what, what if... What if it's only black people doing it and not white people? Well, that, that's because of their ingrained white supremacy. There's no way out of this sort of thing. I also, I also like here that Ayanna Pressley is admitting that abortion is in no small part about sacrificing babies at the altar of money. She's saying it's really hard to get ahead economically if you have a baby. And that's why we need to let women kill their babies. So you're saying we need to have bl- women and black women specifically kill their babies so that they can make a little bit more money. That, that's the way you're going to frame your argument. Doesn't sound particularly moral to me. Sounds like the strange ravings of some kook religion. If, if you want to 
cherish your memories, people perhaps who have gone, people, you know, pets, places, special memories, I strongly recommend you check out Paint Your Life. I absolutely love Paint Your Life. This is the gift for a loved one, for anything, for a birthday, for an anniversary, for Christmas, for Mother's Day, for just for yourself. I, I've been putting up art on the walls, you know, since I got my nice Tennessee house and my favorite pieces are from Paint Your Life, okay? If you want to give that meaningful gift, go to paintyourlife.com, get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo or multiple photos at an incredible, you'll be shocked to hear about it, price. This painting, I know people don't really believe it, it's a real painting with real brushes and real paint (laughs) by a real world-class artist who will work with you until every detail is perfect. Got a user-friendly platform, makes it easy to order custom-made hand-painted portraits in less than five minutes, and you'll get your portrait in as little as two weeks, and the quality is unbelievable. At paintyourlife.com, there is no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. Right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting, 20% off, and free shipping. To get this special, text the word Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, to 64,000. Text Michael to 64,000. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. Text it. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Text Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, to 64,000. Go check out Paint Your Life today. Also, you got to tune into Ben Shapiro's show. Is a new civil war coming? He's going to answer that question. He'll at least ask that question. Go check it out. We'll be right back with a lot more. During the Trump administration, there was an expression that became one of the slogans on the left, and it's that the cruelty is the point. And they were referring specifically to Trump's border policies, which weren't materially all that different from Obama's or even Clinton's border policies. And they're certainly not different than Biden's border policies, which are pretty, pretty brutal right now. Uh, You know, kids in cages, that sort of thing. He said, the cruelty is the point. Okay. The only difference was that Trump was trying in some way to slow the number of foreign nationals pouring into the country, and Joe Biden's really not not doing that at all. But you're still getting the kids in cages. You're still getting all these kind of cruel actions. I don't think that was the case with uh, Trump. I think with Trump, the point was to enforce the law and get people to, to follow the law. But the head of Planned Parenthood, this woman, Alexis Johnson, has just come out. And she, at the, at the women, there was another women's march. No one really paid any attention to it. And the women's march is now basically just a pro-abortion march. So she comes out and she embraces an, an, a version of this slogan, but in a positive way, as she sees it. She says that the, the entire point of the women's march and the pro-abortion movement and the left broadly is to turn pain into purpose. Look, y'all, this moment is dark. It is dark, but that is why we are here. Movements exist because of darkness, and it is our job to imagine the light even when we can't see it. It is our job. It is our job to turn pain into purpose, to turn pain into promise, and to turn pain into power. Turn pain into purpose, turn pain into promise, turn pain into power. That is what they're doing. And and for people who are confused about the border policies. 
for people who are confused about the immigration policies and then the illegal aliens going in and harassing female senators in the bathroom and going out in the street and burning things down and looting and rioting and the left apparently being perfectly okay with this, the left in, in some cases even encouraging it. Kamala Harris, sitting vice president, who, who is bailing out the rioters. That it, if you're confused, if you're confused as to why a black woman would pretend to be a white man in the Ku Klux Klan to terrorize her neighbors. It's because you do not understand the principle that this head of Planned Parenthood just espoused. Pain into purpose. Pain into promise. Pain into power. And if the pain does not exist, if the country is basically just fine and people aren't being oppressed and having their rights taken away and, you know, in great mortal fear all the time, and if they're not in that moment, you're going to have to create the pain and you're going to make the pain and then you're going to exploit the pain for purpose, for promise and to seize power. That's what's going to happen. And a lot of what we've seen on immigration, certainly on the racial stuff, but notably on the coronavirus lockdowns has to do with that. The coronavirus for the vast, vast, vast majority of people is a cough. We all know people who have had, many of us have had coronavirus already, and it was to varying degrees unpleasant to, you didn't even know you had it. Okay. And for some people in specific risk groups, it was really, really bad. But for the vast majority of people, it was totally fine. Certainly would not seem to warrant locking down the entire world for 15 days that turned into coming up on two years. So why did they do it? Pain, do you get it? Pain into purpose, pain into promise, pain into power. And they've taken a lot of power and they're not going to be giving that power back anytime soon. This is part of a broader left strategy. I'll give you an example of this from Georgia. There's a state representative there, Donna McLeod a Democrat, and she is a state rep in in Georgia. She told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that she really doesn't look like the idea of there being a statue to Clarence Thomas. They were thinking of knocking down a bunch of Confederate statues in Georgia, and then what are you going to replace them with? Well, someone suggested, how about you replace it with with Clarence Thomas, right? He's black, so he's not an evil white man. He's a black guy, even though the left says that the very black Clarence Thomas is a white guy. But, you know, white guys, they're the most evil people in the history of the world. So, okay, it's a black guy. And he's a very accomplished jurist and a very accomplished man and a wonderful uh, judge on the Supreme Court. So good, let's put a statue up to him. Certainly that'd be better than Jefferson Davis or something, right? And this woman says no. She says, I'd rather them keep a Confederate monument than have a statue of Clarence Thomas. That's how much I don't like the idea. And I don't think that she's in the minority of Democrats uh, on this topic. I think this shows you something that a lot of squish Republicans didn't understand. When the left started going uh, going after Robert E. Lee, for instance, a lot of the squish Republicans said, oh, who cares? Who cares? It's just Robert E. Lee. He's a a traitor. He's a a Democrat. (laughs) That'll show him. Yeah, they don't even, those idiot Democrats, they don't even realize they're taking down the statue of a Democrat. (laughs) Yeah, tear down that statue. Yeah, I I like that they're tearing that down, actually. Yeah, this is a total win for me, even though it's only Democrats pushing for it and that we're giving them exactly what they want. Yeah, this is a huge win. But it's not. It's not. First of all, (laughs) that wasn't the tack that Abraham Lincoln, I think, would have taken, right? Malice toward none, charity for all. Bring the country together. The South is part of the country. We're now going to have a country again after the Civil War. But furthermore, 
tearing down those statues never had anything to do with Robert E. Lee, never had anything to do with Stonewall Jackson, never had anything to do with Andrew Jackson, if you want to go back a little earlier, never had anything to do with Thomas Jefferson earlier than that, or George Washington or anyone else that they're tearing down, or Christopher Columbus for that matter. It had everything to do with you. Okay, when the libs tear down statues of old dead white guys, they are tearing down statues of you, not even just you white guys out there, Every single person alive today who is in any way a conservative, they are tearing down the statues of you. And they would rather keep up a statue of Jefferson Davis than have a statue of you. Even if you're a black guy, even if you're a modern person, (laughs) even if you didn't own slaves or whatever, it was that the act of tearing down historical figures is not about primarily canceling Christopher Columbus. It's about canceling half of the country and keeping you out of political power and keeping you out of influence, and making sure that you have absolutely no say in how, you run, how we run this country together, in how your communities are run, or frankly, even in how you run your lives, which is why you, you no longer even have the right to celebrate Christmas, according to some people in the government. You're seeing this to a slightly greater extent, even, in Australia right now. There's a video going around viral of some cop. You know, Australia's under very serious COVID lockdowns, a cop shows up wearing one of these dinky little masks and she, she walks up to a person's private residence and she begins to explain why it's very, very wrong and awful and illegal that this person even suggested that maybe they might go out and protest the lockdowns. Is there a reason why you're recording me today? Yes, for my protection. You think I'm going to assault you or something? No, um, so... I don't understand why you're here and... I haven't even spoken to you and you think I'm going to do something to you? Well, we have seen a lot of police violence in recent times towards the public. Um, okay. There is a growing... That won't be happening. There's That's a good. growing mistrust, I, I, as you can understand. Okay. Um, we don't you, have to worry about that. Yeah. We're not here to do anything like that. Okay? All right, so, cool. We're here to have a chat to you because we have instructions that um, you've been posting some things on social media um, that you... Protest, protest on Tuesday. Um, there's no protest on Tuesday. Okay. There isn't. Okay, that's fine. But what I'm here is to remind you to ensure that you need to stay at home in relation to COVID and um, stay at home orders. And if there is or is not a protest on Tuesday, regardless, you still can't leave and go to a protest of any sort. I understand. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, anything like that. You, I just want to, 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 to talk to you about something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what accent I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, want, I just want to talk to you about something. Yeah. It's like a mixture of East London and South African. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what you, I saw what you posted on there on the Twitter and you said you might protest the government. No, no, you cannot do that. I was spying on your social media and I saw you protested the government and you cannot do this wrong. And you see how, how concerned this cop is. No, look, it's just for you. Yeah, you just, you can't do that. Yeah. All right, I'm going to cut it out with this accent. <laughs> I sound like some just East London soccer hooligan. Uh, this sort of thing is, it is coming here already. It already kind of is here in the United States, so it's not as quite, quite as widespread as it is in Australia. What's most interesting about this clip to me is that you've got an ostensibly conservative woman 
using some of the same rhetoric here about cops as you might hear from BLM. There have been a lot of incidents with the cops. The cops are encroaching on our rights. There have been some violent incidents, like when the cops start spraying you with rubber bullets. And uh, so I'm filming you for my protection. You hear that same thing about from BLM here in the United States, that the cops are out, you know, racists, and they're all going to just try to hunt down this innocent black guys. Now, I, I point this out because the, in, the institutions in the West broadly are crumbling. People don't have faith in them anymore. Hugh Hewitt said that at the top. I don't have faith in the CDC. I don't have faith in the FDA. Neither side has faith in our elections. In 2016, all the Dems said that Hillary actually won. In 2020, all the Republicans said that Trump actually won. BLM says that the cops are not to be trusted and are overstepping their bounds. The conservatives now are saying the very same thing. Now, so this poses a big problem for the establishment. But I, I want to be careful here. I'm not saying that both sides are making equally valid claims. When BLM says that there's an epidemic of cops going out, racist cops trying to kill innocent black people, it's just not true. It just isn't happening. It's not backed up by any evidence or any statistics whatsoever. Actually, very, 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 very few black men, innocent black men are killed by the cops every year, infinitesimally few. And even unarmed black men, which doesn't mean unjust shootings, are very, very low numbers. Okay, so that those claims are false. Whereas the claims that cops are shutting down businesses, the claims that cops are people keeping people locked in, the claims that cops are showing up to churches and shutting them down, that is happening. And that did happen for a lot of 2020, and it's still happening, and it's happening notably in Australia, okay? So those are different things. The claims that Trump cheated in 2016 because he colluded with the Russians or whatever, there was a multi-million dollar investigation of this. It just wasn't true. It was completely false. Okay. The claims that there were shenanigans in the 2020 election are obviously true. Forget even for a second the audits, which have raised, I've talked about it on the show, have raised some serious concerns about the integrity of the election. But even just the, the way that all the election integrity measures were taken away, so many of them before, before 2020, that in Pennsylvania, the way the, the election was conducted was in violation of the state constitution. The, the, the use of ubiquitous, unsolicited, widespread mail-in ballots, the, the use of ballot drop boxes, all of these raise questions. And so I don't, I'm not saying, well, both sides are making these claims. I'm saying one side is making much more serious and justifiable claims than the other one. But neither side has trust in the institutions anymore, which is really bad news for the ruling class. Look what they're doing now through their proxy of social media. You know, big tech is technically, I guess in some ways it's technically the private sector, even though Google and the government are very hard to separate and lots of Google was funded by the government and they work in cahoots with one another. So it's, it's a little bit blurry, public and private there. But in any case, the ruling establishment uses big tech as its enforcement arm. Twitter is now not just censoring news reports that are damaging to Democrats, Twitter is now not just censoring conservatives they don't like, up to and including the sitting president of the United States, Donald Trump, in January. Twitter is censoring obituaries. There was an obituary going around over the weekend of a woman, Jesse Berg Wilson. The obituary went up and, and uh, referred to this woman who did not want to get the COVID vaccine. She did get the COVID vaccine. She was finally pressured to by her job, by her community. And then she died and she died of, according to the obituary, COVID-19 vaccine induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia, V-I-T-T, surrounded by her family. She was 37 year, years young. She was a mother and had no underlying health conditions. This according to 
the obituary. So the, the obituary makes very clear they blame this on the vaccine. We know the FDA and the CDC have admitted that the vaccines have caused blood clots and similar conditions, specifically in younger women, and have led to death in some cases. So none of this is some kooky, unsubstantiated misinformation. The CDC has admitted as much. And yet, this obituary that was going around over the weekend stopped going around for a while because Twitter censored it. You could not reply to the tweet. You could not like the tweet, which would Share it, share it to some degree. And you could not retweet it without adding a comment. And then when you looked at the obituary, it said this obituary is misleading. Imagine what the family thinks, seeing that the obituary is misleading. I don't know what happened to this woman. I have no reason to not believe the account because even the CDC has admitted that similar incidents have taken place. That's why they paused the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. It's because the Johnson & Johnson vaccine caused conditions just like this one in women just like this one. Okay, so I have no reason not to believe it. But here's the one thing I do know. Whether it's true or not, if the article were an obituary for someone who said, the, this person really didn't want the vaccine and then this person died of COVID and her, her dying words were, I wish I took the COVID vaccine, you can be damn sure it wouldn't be censored. It would be promoted. It would be trending news. It would be pushed by the propaganda wing of the ruling class. But because the ruling class hasn't a leg to stand on on so many of their claims and no one trusts them, even the people who are inclined to trust them don't, They've got to clamp down, censor, 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 even censoring some poor young mother's obituary. Young mother was bullied into taking the vaccine when she felt that, that she did not need to and that she was in overall good health and she was willing to take the risk of contracting the virus rather than taking the experimental vaccine. The ruling establishment is really, really turning up the dial on the propaganda to a way that would be really funny if it weren't so sad. You may have noticed at some public events recently, there has been an uncouth chant that has, this is sporting events, concerts, and what people are chanting is F Joe Biden. And they chant this a lot at all these sorts of events. And it ha seems to happen out of nowhere. And you've been hearing it for weeks now. So <laughs> NBC shows up, NBC sports shows up to a NASCAR race, all right? NASCAR, probably not filled with the highest percentage of Biden supporters of any event in the country. And they're interviewing one of the drivers. And in the background, you can hear this chant cropping up as it has in a lot of places. And the reporter refuses to ignore the chant, but also refuses to acknowledge the chant. Instead, the reporter chooses to rewrite the chant. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh my God, it's such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me I can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. You told me you were going to kind of hang back those first stages and just watch and learn what learn that helped you there in those closing laps oh my god it was uh learning how line didn't uh stay to one everything shifted top to bottom do you think they were saying let's go brandon i look i don't have the best hearing okay but i didn't hear let's i mean because i agree i believe that brandon should go go himself i agree I, I 
whatever they were chanting, I think I agree with that. So if it's, let's go, Brandon, sure, Brandon, go, go yourself. Go, go yourself, Brandon. But I don't think that's exactly what they were saying. And and what's so offensive about it is that I I don't think this woman's hearing is clogged any more than ours is. She heard what they said and she rewrote it. And she's looking at all of you. You can't see her on camera, but she is effectively looking at all of you and saying, hey, that thing you just heard, you didn't really hear it. That thing that you're hearing right now behind me, that undeniable loud thing that a crowd of people is screaming, yeah, they're not really doing that. No, no, you know what they're saying? They're saying, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, that's right. That's the ticket. Let's go, Brandon. If the press are lying to you about this, what else are they lying to you about? This is like that thing. Drew Clavin points this out a lot. You open up the newspaper and you say, oh, Syria. Okay. And this is what's happening in Syria. Okay. That's fine. I believe that. And oh, hey, um, taxes. Yeah. Okay. This is what's happening in taxes. Okay. I believe that. And oh, hey, the Yankees. And wait a second. That's not happening with the Yankees. No, it's not. Whatever this reporter's writing isn't true. And I know that because I follow the Yankees. Okay. Well, time to, oh, healthcare policy. Okay. That's what's going on in healthcare. So, you know, on the one thing you know about, you know, the press is lying, but then you go ahead and you believe them on all the other topics that you don't know anything about. Why? There's no reason to believe they're any more trustworthy there than they are here. If they're going to lie to you about what someone is chanting directly behind their heads, that you can see, you can see their mouths moving for goodness sakes. They're going to lie to you about anything that serves their political advantage. So what do you, what do we do about this? There's a county in North Carolina who's taking matters into their own hands. County in North Carolina is insisting that its local school board institute a policy that would discipline or fire teachers if they assert that the founding fathers were no good, terrible, awful people, and if they make statements undermining the Constitution, and if they assert that racism is this perpetual problem in America that's never going to get any better. They would be fined or possibly fired. Awesome. Oh, man, that's great. There are going to be three reactions here. There's going to be the left reaction, which is, this is terrible, and their heads are going to explode, and they're going to say, not only... Should they not be fired for this, but they should be required to teach that America's evil and the Constitution's terrible, right? That's the left-wing reaction. Then there's the squish libertarian reaction, which is, well, actually, you know, this threatens academic freedom. And the teachers should be allowed to teach whatever they want about the founding fathers. And actually, uh, the eighth grade classroom is a free marketplace of ideas and whatever, right? So that's the squish version. And then there's the conservative answer, which is, oh, yeah, teachers shouldn't teach false things. If they teach bad, false things, they should lose their jobs because they're not fulfilling the basic job requirement of being a teacher. That is providing students with an edifying liberal education. Liberal meaning making sense of your freedom, learning true things, mastering your deep worst impulses and being ready to be a free citizen. So I guess the devil's in the details here, but the Johnson County Board of Commissioners is going to withhold almost 8 million bucks until the policy is accepted by the school board. North Carolina schools are denying that they're teaching critical race theory and all this stuff, but they are. They're just they're just calling it a different name. So what's the actual policy? The actual policy says no student or staff member shall be subjected to the notion that racism is a permanent component of American life. Good. Glad. You're right. Absolutely. If a teacher violates that, should be fired. Number two, all people deserve full credit and recognition for their struggles and accomplishments throughout United States history. And if you don't give people the credit that they deserve, and if you only talk about the negative things and you don't talk about any of the positive things, you're going to lose your job. Great. Love that. Awesome. The United States foundational documents shall not be undermined. Of course, this is the basic, this is the basic idea of public education is you've got to give, you've got to educate people to be citizens, to keep the country going. That's the whole point of it. So yeah, duh. 
Obviously, they should be fired for that. No employee of Johnson, uh, Johnston County Schools will make any attempt to discredit the efforts made by all people using foundational documents for reform. Good. No fictional accounts or narratives shall be used to invalidate actual objective historical events. Good. Yes. Obviously, the left is going to spin this and they're going to say, you want these teachers to teach fables and, and sort of nonsense and fairy tales about our founding. No, they're saying no fictional accounts, no fi- only real history. Good. All people who contributed to American society will be recognized and, pre- and presented as reformists, innovators, and heroes to our culture. Good. Fine. But that's the most controversial one. But yeah, that's the idea. People who have contributed in a way to American culture that we now defend as part and parcel of citizenship and the, the way that we look on ourselves based on real historical fact, they will be presented in that light. Yeah, duh, makes sense. And failure to comply will result in disciplinary action up to and including dismissal. That's right, baby. That's right. That's what we've got to do. Time to say no. I know that Republicans only, conservatives only ever like saying yes. Yes, we'll be inclusive. Yes, we'll bring everybody in. You'll never face any consequences. You'll never be deported. We're for open everything. We just, it's got to be legal and it's got to be in a certain way, but we want everybody to, you can harass senators in the bathroom, but you got to do it legally. Okay, right. And we know we want to open up the curriculum and we want everyone to pursue their own individual autonomy however they want. No, no, no. Liberty requires limits and that entails saying no. And that entails a little bit of cancel culture, which exists everywhere in every single society. And instead of only canceling the good stuff, instead of only canceling the stuff along left-wing ideological lines, instead of only canceling George Washington, I think we got to start canceling the libs. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The media is promoting the story of the Facebook whistleblower, but this story is not what it appears to be. Also, Fauci says that maybe, just maybe, we might be able to get back to normal by Christmas, but maybe not. And a Democrat senator is chased into a bathroom and recorded inside the bathroom by crazed left-wing activists. And finally, we'll discuss a recent article arguing that God needs new preferred pronouns. Talk about all that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.